I was asked uh, a week ago by HMP Swinfin Hall, which is a youth offenders institution, to come and talk to uh, a group of people that were going to be there regarding induction into custody. The theme behind the event was how we help those from the youth custody estate get into or move into the adult estate. So I was asked to give a speech uh, about the importance of induction. So here we go. You might recognize the beginnings. I know not whether laws be right or whether laws be wrong. All that we know who lie in goal is that the wall is strong and that each day is like a year, a year whose days are long. But this I know that every law that man hath made for man since first man took his brother's life and the sad world began, but straws the wheat and saves the chaff with a most evil fan. This too I know and wise it were if each could know the same, that every prison that men built is built with bricks of shame and bound with bars, lest Christ should see how men their brothers maim. I'm delighted to be here and honoured to be asked by Governor West and his team to come and talk to you today about the importance of induction into custody. I am an ex-prisoner who served just over three and a half years in jail in various establishments throughout England. I had never been to prison before. What was I to expect? How could I contact my family? Would I have to share a cell with someone? I had never felt so alone and petrified. I wasn't suicidal, but oh my goodness, what would happen to me? The fear of the unknown was overwhelming. In March of 2015, the Prison and Probation Ombudsman issued a report on how to tackle the increase in prison suicides that had taken place in the preceding months from April 2013 to March 2014. Indeed, last year, 92 souls left our jails and coffins, all of them the result of suicide. The key thread throughout that report was that those prisoners that had committed suicide or self-harmed were more likely to have been in their first month of custody. I feel that many of these could have been avoided. The PPO raised concerns about early days in custody, poor assessment and reception, and weakness in first night support. The report specifically mentioned that staff working in prison reception should actively identify known risk factors for suicide and self-harm. The report recommends that a proper induction to provide information to prisoners to help them meet their basic needs takes place and stresses that prisoners are more at risk during their first month in custody. If prisoners are most at risk during these times, should we not be ensuring that the officers that a prisoner comes into contact with in their first few days are specially trained for that event? In my opinion, it takes a special type of prison officer to work on an early day centre. In February of 2015, one month prior to the report by the PPO being published, HMPPS issued a PSI 07-2015 Early Days in Custody reception in, first night in custody, and induction into custody. It's interesting to note here that HMPPS deems a transfer from one prison to another to be considered first night in custody. I've often said that if moving home is deemed to be one of the most stressful times in one's life, then I beg you to understand the stress a prisoner has when this happens. You here, more often than not, will have arranged your move several weeks or months ahead of time, 
Imagine if someone were to knock on your door at 0800 hours one morning and tell you to pack your belongings in an hour as you're moving. Additionally, you're not allowed to contact your family and tell them where you're going. It's no wonder then, when a prisoner arrives at his new establishment, he's rather volatile. And volatility can rear its head in two ways. Violence to other and violence to oneself. I get it. I get ahead of myself. Let me get back to basics. It's so very important for staff to be able to manage a prisoner's expectations when he first arrives from either court or as a transfer and also look for the telltale signs of someone who's struggling. It goes without saying that some of those arriving to prison straight from court did not expect to be sent down on either remand or conviction. Some have never been to prison before. I know that when I arrived at prison all those years ago, I had no idea what to expect. I hadn't been able to talk to my wife and let her know that I was okay and that I would try my best to adapt. I was more worried for her than I was for me. I arrived at a desk where I was asked all sorts of questions, my property removed from me, but at least I was on remand so I got to keep my own clothes. It is a semblance of decency that a person is allowed to wear their own clothes, and I would argue that all those serving time should be allowed to do so. Our punishment is our loss of liberty. To what purpose does the removal of someone's clothes serve? Under the current and revised IEP policy, the prison service gives as a reward a person's clothes back to them. In what form of society does this make sense? My induction to custody consisted of being told to go to a meeting room in the first night centre the following morning at 0800 hours, where I'd be told everything I needed to know about prison life. But wait... It was only 1,700 hours. I had to wait 15 hours before I would know when or how I could see my family. This induction would be given by a prison officer. The induction programme lasted about 15 minutes, where we were told about visits, canteen availability and the use of the phones. And that was it. But wait, how could I send a letter to my family? I had no stamp. When could I go to church? Could I see a doctor? I was being locked up 22 hours a day. Could I not get a book or something to read? I didn't have clothes with me as I didn't expect to be there. How could I get clean underwear? I desperately needed to wash. When and where could I do that? When could I see my lawyer? All these questions you may take for granted, but when one is in a state of panic, everything is exasperated tenfold. If only prison officers would understand this. Yes, I know they've heard the same question a hundred times before, but for us it's the first time to ask it. To dismiss us offhand only adds fuel to the fire. Compassion goes a long way, and it's for that reason that I believe induction officers should be especially trained to deal with new arrivals. Regrettably, due to staffing issues, induction officers are either deployed elsewhere or simply don't have the time to spend with a new arrival. The PSI that I mentioned before specifically deals with this issue and states that all new receptions into prison should be interviewed by an officer prior to be locked up for the first night. As an induction orderly and one of the founders of the Insiders programme, I regret to tell you that in all the prisons I was resident in, and indeed a lot of them I work in, it very rarely happened. The prison service should be ashamed of this. We are all human beings and sometimes, just sometimes, a gentle word could make all the difference and help reduce those terrible figures that I mentioned before. 
The same PSI opens by saying induction is a process, not an event. Never a truer statement was issued by HMPPS. And indeed, a lot of the policies that I've helped write for prisons, it's my opening phrase. Thank God HMPPS don't charge for royalties. I do, but they don't. Why then are these instructions ignored by every establishment that I had been in? Induction is the most important event in a prisoner's life in custody, and it starts from when a person arrives at the prison. Indeed, an argument could be made that it starts from when the prisoner is sent down at court. Induction should custody should take over a month to complete, and the well-being of the prisoner must be paramount in the process. When a prisoner leaves his induction wing, sometimes only after a few days, he's often left to fend for himself. It's regrettable that some prison staff take their obligations so lightly. In 2005, I witnessed the sheer desperation of a prisoner new into custody who has been completely ignored by staff. They consider him to be a pest and annoying with all his questions. If they'd only taken time to listen to him, they would have perhaps prevented him from sitting in the corridor and slicing his wrists in anguish. Induction has often been given no quarter in prison, and it seems to be a burden. All of my fellow prisoners are aware of the tick-boxing exercise that the prison estate undertakes, and it is worrying that induction to custody seems to be one of these casualties. I say this now to all governors, prison officers, inspectors, prison lobbyists, and people that work in prisons that might be listening to this. Ensure that your prison caters well for these new arrivals. Understand that they're nervous and vulnerable, and failure to heed this warning could have fatal consequences. A set programme is in place as per the PSI and can be implemented throughout all prisons. Obviously there are local policies that need to be explained to the prisoner, but explain them you must. Don't just expect a prisoner to know everything in the first few days of arrival. That's why I stress that each induction officer must be properly trained in being able to handle new arrivals. Not all wing officers have the ability to do this and some leeway must be given when dealing with the new reception. Induction classes are best run by my fellow prisoners, as these are the people with whom other prisoners can relate. And that's the programme that I've devised via the Prisons Insider Scheme. However, too many staff just ignore the process completely and tell the new arrival to find things out as they go along. Then when a prisoner does something wrong, he's dealt with by the IEP scheme. As I often find myself asking many times during my time in custody, where's the logic? In today's climate, with staffing issues being at an all-time low, it is depressing to note that the first department that loses staff to be detailed elsewhere is induction. At the very time and the place where staff are needed most, the prisons decide to abandon them. For those of you listening to this who have no direct dealings with prison life, what I may be talking about may make no sense to you. So let me try and put it into some sort of perspective. Imagine you're transported away from your comfort zone to a land where you don't speak the language, you know no one, and you are stripped of all your possessions. You're then told to fend for yourself and learn as you go along. How would you cope? Some of us like to think that we can adapt to most circumstances, but if there's no one there to explain the basic rules of the way of life, then we are lost. I sympathise with those who knew nothing else other than to self-harm or even end their own life and my thoughts go out to their families. 
The blame for ignoring a prisoner is not a blame that can rest at any one person's shoulder, rather at the feet of the system. We've all recently heard of the government's new proposals about prison reform and building extra spaces. Some of us grow tired of the constant changes in the Secretaries of State for Justice, five in as many years. But what I talk about is not rocket science and requires no intervention from the political world, given that I believe they're a bit busy with some other issue of the day. I believe there's something called Brexit happening or not happening. It needs no financial backing, just a commitment to treat people with decency and with care. I am lucky, ladies and gentlemen. I left prison a better person than entered. My prison sentence worked for me and I swore upon my release that I would spend my life paying back to the very service that saved me. I want to ensure that those who went after me get treated better than those who went before me. I want to try and stem the flow of coffins leaving our prison gates. I want to try and reduce the 58,000 incidents of self-harm that took place last year. Upon my release from jail a few years ago, I wrote to a few governors and asked to help them devise an early days programme. Some of them took a leap of faith and understood that as a person who had been to jail, I would have an experience that they could never have, and hopefully never would. They asked me to come and look at what they were doing and offer some suggestions. We fast forward three years and the programmes I've implemented are in over a dozen jails, mentioned by the inspectorate and their expectations, and have obtained best and good practice in a number of prisons. I say that if you treat a new arrival with decency, humility and empathy, then you will find a less volatile and more compliant individual. Do it not, and you have dictated the type of prisoner you will have for the rest of their time with you. We've abolished the word induction as it leaves a bad taste in prisoners' mouths. We do not have a first night centre in any of the jails. The men don't stay there just for their first night. We've also banished the phrase, I will get back to you on that. A programme was implemented in these prisons where an insider visited the new prisoner at least twice after they had moved wings. This reduced the feelings of confusion, loneliness, disparity that one often feels when moving into a new establishment, or when someone's normal way of living has been so drastically altered. What I do is not rocket science. I work with both staff and prisoner. With prisoners, I teach them to care about others. Most of all, I give them a true sense of purpose and responsibility. Allow them to help others, I say, and you will see basic decency and humanity at its best. With the staff, I just perhaps give them an insight into how their residence is feeling. And with that, they can truly help that person on the road to becoming a better member of society. If one life is saved by a proper induction into custody, then I say it is time well spent. I also say that not only is it the commitment by Her Majesty's Prison and Probation Service to ensure that we care for those remanded to our custody, but it is our obligation to our fellow human beings that we do so. Thank you so much.